0: Hello everyone and welcome to the heart of sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff did you see the news that came out this afternoon that the Sixers will be playing on Christmas Day?
1: It's a festivist miracle huh?
0: It is. Will you be down there with your son? I don't know. Oh, you but, will be down there with
1: your son. I know your son. You will be down there why? with your son. Because he wants to see Giannis and JoJo go at it? Yes, and, absolutely. Yeah. You will have no choice but well, to be there. Well, look, it could be, if you're going to start off the season, because really basketball, even though it starts sooner, the games nationally don't really start until Christmas, I always right? thought the NBA should start at Christmas Yeah, so, so you now have later. The, the first major national game being potentially the two top seeds in the East. Be fun that, to that, watch. That's a pretty good uh, move there by them. Who, you, who are the other games, by the way? Uh, why did you ask me that when we're on the air? You oh, should okay. have asked. Sorry about that. You should have asked me that before. All right, we came then on ask air. me the question that you that really matters to
0: Philadelphians. Uh, are you going to be buying one of the new jerseys that they may be wearing <laughs> that day, or that your son is counting down the other two until they're released? Hey, Go I, ahead, don't, give I don't. Me your I don't wear spiel.
1: basketball jerseys, but uh, I I know generationally, I'm not the guy that they're targeting because. My first thought was, okay, here's another jersey. I just need uh, them to wear one one away and one home. And my kid, who's 17, immediately said, "Did you see the new jersey? And by the way, they're going to have two more coming out."
0: And, so, and we came in and the the guys behind the glass were pretty excited about the the jerseys there. So, so what so. do you
1: think what do you think about the script?
0: I like the script. Yeah. I just have to get used to the the font alignment of the 70.
1: Yeah, well, that's the if they would just make it the Sixers, or if they were spaced properly, it just looks like it's it's randomly on. Throwback
0: to their seventy-one jerseys, right? right? Is that
1: what it is? The Billy, Cun- they, they're calling it what? The Billy Cunningham jersey. So, uh will you and, and uh, did you did you see the photos, the press release where they have Ben Simmons getting out of a sports car
0: wearing it? Yeah. Now, of course, on Twitter, there's all these theories <laughs> that it was taken and JoJo was photoshopped in <laughs> because there's like previous photos of Ben by himself next to the car. Not yeah. that they could have taken other photos at that same. Shoot, yeah. Why? But no, I Twitter is the best because. You can learn something that you didn't know that may have no chance of happening to at the same time as learning something really important from a very well sourced person. Yeah, it's a great. So, place to so go.
1: yesterday you learned that might have been JoJo that photoshopped that, onto a Ben
0: uh, Jersey photo. What they were saying that JoJo
1: yeah. was uh, potentially photoshopped. By, by the way, I would start with saying you're never going to get that time back in your life that you spent on Twitter, and but unfortunately, and I apologize to the audience. Now they'll never get that time back either. You know that it's not the first time that you've told me <laughs> on air that I'll never be able to get the
0: time I spent back. You told me that about Summer League. You told me that about watching. I, the I, was I wrong?
1: Oh, I, look, I've well. I, get, here, th- this is this is the time of the show where Jason. Interviews me basically asking <laughs> whether I watched something. So here's my chance to ask you Did you watch the Hall of Fame game yesterday? The whole game, no, but I watched the game
0: and I saw. The- I didn't ask you if you watched the whole game, but did you actually turn it on? I did turn it on. I watched the first challenge to a pass interference.
1: Okay, so how long did you actually have that game on? Too long. <laughs> how long? too long because well but i'm gonna th- tell you right there that, that that's time in your life that you're
2: never
0: getting
1: well back. i was working while i had it on so okay. i was getting things matter. done it was
0: productive yeah, right. time uh-huh. it was a preseason game i wasn't paying that right. close attention but then they you like, apparently were it's then of a course again flag. twitter went crazy again because there was a little tip drill catch at the end of the game for like a fifth stringer on the team yeah. and so therefore i had to go watch the replay again did anybody play who you actually knew the name of a player at the start of the game yeah. but I mean, Joe Flacco was in a uniform. (laughs) He was playing throwing a ball before the game. Okay. (laughs) He looks kind of odd in a Denver uniform, by the way.
1: Why in the world, if you're a coach, and I'm serious about this, play somebody in a game that is... August 1st did you because everybody you're only having been in camp for a very short did you period see of time AJ
0: Green hurt himself on a field in Ohio that the NFL wanted them to use that wasn't in great shape and now he's got to have surgery and may not be back for the start of the season well there's a lawsuit huh I, I, I was spoken li- oh speaking of lawsuits <laughs> I did I was remiss in and so you got all these text messages yeah. and Apparently, you're in SJ Magazine or South... Which Where are you listed? It, it's
1: not for best-looking radio hosts. Where no. are you listed right now? Uh, it's for SJ Magazine. I learned this yesterday. As, as so the you're best the top sports, sports attorney? Sports attorney in South Jersey.
0: Oh, I'm going to have to add that to your business card. There you go. Uh, Maybe you
1: can have me on sometime to ask me some legal questions will about you, sports issues. Will you answer better than you do when <laughs> I have you on as just a regular Hey, isn't co-host? that how I got started here? It is, actually. Well, you so first there you go. In. I'm going to ask you real fast for your, your Michigan guide. Trey Burke, you
2: yeah.
0: excited the Sixers uh, brought him in.
1: I think. Look, it's a it's a great move as his. If, if you're looking for a backup point guard, a guy that can also be instant offense, it's a good move. I mean, he's incredibly athletic. Uh, he can shoot, but he can get cold. He can get hot or really cold. I mean, he can do 0 for 13 like there's no tomorrow. But he can he can handle the ball well too.
0: You surprised Furkan's back? Furkan Korkmaz back? <laughs> yes. Back for another tour of duty uh, with the
1: Sixers. I'm really surprised. I'm shocked. <laughs> and so here's the most amazing part of that. Furkan said that he knows this is the most important year of his career. If you're him, is this the team that you really want to come back to now? Because how much time is Furkan going to get?
0: Not the time that he would have gotten in previous years at the Sixers. Yeah,
1: well, if you're him, don't you want to go to a team where you know you can get some minutes or at least compete for some real minutes? Probably. Probably. Right. But... Let's well, leave the basketball there. Obviously, he's not my client. So I want. W-
0: <laughs> you need to go give him some good advice. Yeah. All right. Two thirds of the season down. Fifty four games remain in baseball. Exactly. The f- uh, for the Phillies yeah. in the season. Uh-huh. The Phillies are tied with the Cubs and Nationals for a wild card spot.
1: So isn't it amazing but, that the entire city's uh, the sky is falling, but they're in position for a playoff
0: spot? But can they stay there when 40% of their
1: roster can't go past the fifth inning and they pitch back-to-back How much nights?
0: percentage of the roster? 40%. Two of their five
1: starters Wait, every w- which time. starter other than Nola can At, go past four or five innings? Well, you Who? know that Arietta and... He can't. No, I'm saying you okay. know
0: that Arietta so and Velasquez. Well, Smiley at this point has gone seven innings in his starts. I don't think that you can depend on that. They would say that they would say that right. Vargas, who we'll get to in a second, will go deeper than that. I'm just saying mm-hmm. you know in your five-man rotation now right. that Zach Eflin, who is in your bullpen, right. could be the piggyback to a Jake Arietta or Vince Velasquez game at this so point could when Pavetta. they go five innings. So could Pavetta. All right, let's go through some of the moves that they made. They did not make any big moves at the trade deadline i don't think you're disappointed but i'm gonna ask
1: wait you. they got Corey dickerson
0: they didn't make any big moves at the <laughs> trade deadline i don't think you're disappointed but i'm going to ask you are you disappointed that they did not make the zach Granky move even though he didn't want to come here like the astros did who now they're gonna win the yeah, world yeah T- they're, <laughs> they're
1: unless something unless a meteor falls on houston at winning the, but World Series. the Mets it's gave them up or the, the
0: Mets gave up their sixth and seventh pitchers in their system for Mark. Marcus Stroman. Would why you, would you? I don't why? know. I don't know why team. Well, at this point, actually, the Mets are only like six games back of the wild card. So I'm not saying that they think they're going to do it. I think they thought they were going to trade Cindergard. And keep Stroman, right? But then they didn't have the market they yeah, wanted for Cindergard. They were going to
1: pull the old Cliff Lee, Roy Halladay. Yes,
0: but I don't think the market was there for them to ship out Cindergard. Right. So they kept them both, mm-hmm. and now they'll look towards next. Plus, season. I
1: think look, for, if you're the Mets, Cindergard's got another year under uh, under his contract. So if you're if you're the Mets, there's no downside to keeping him and trying to make a run with Degrom, Syndergaard, and and now Stroman. I don't think Stroman's that good a pitcher, by the way. Um, he's not a guy that I'm sitting there going, he's going to be an ace, but the Mets can make a run maybe with those. And still Syndergaard's value in the off season is going to be just as good. So I I don't blame the Mets for doing it. What the Phillies didn't do, excuse me, is not, I didn't want to trade away real prospects, but I wanted something different than Corey Dickerson. All right.
0: So you got pitching Corey Dickerson. Well, hold on
1: the pitch. The pitching is the problem not the hitting not the outfield and and what we know is is that they're giving Hazley the opportunity to win the job for next year and he is um i think he's doing pretty well yeah but i think they're going to put him in center for when i think for they're the going to i think
0: they're going to end up putting dickerson in left and hazley in center for with this, and right for the rest okay, of but, the season okay but see and um, then try to move Kingery at the third base. I think that that's what this team may, wants they to do. They may
1: do that for the rest of the season, but I don't understand why they're doing that and not giving Nick Williams the chance. Nick Williams is back in Triple Shoving him I don't back understand. to Triple A when he was hot. By the way, he was not just hot, he was on fire down in. I'm not saying he would have stayed that way. But his value was never going to be more than what it was at this trade deadline, and instead they shoved him back in AAA. So
0: that's what I didn't understand. So, the, you so had him, him playing well in triple, You had him playing well in AAA. Mm-hmm. Why bring him up right before the deadline, and he struggles, and then any value he had from his hot streak in AAA, you don't move him. Then you pick somebody up that you send him back down. I don't understand that roster. Well,
1: you're asking the wrong guy because I, I don't get it at all.
0: All right, so you wanted arms. Dan Straley from the Orioles uh, going to the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs not going to excite you. <laughs>
1: <What did> you <laughs> I did ask you that on the air without telling you I was going to, no. just because I wanted to hear you laugh. No, because because you just said Dan Straley, they acquired and sent him to the Iron Pigs. He did. Isn't the idea at the trade deadline to either get prospects, which he's not, or get somebody that's going to help your big league club, right? They also
0: got Jose Perella and
1: sent him to the Iron Pigs for cash. Well, so they good, boosted. You know, look, good, good news for our other show. We'll have other people to interview, but... but that doesn't help the, the big club try to make the playoffs or get farther than just making it. Jason Vargas traded for
0: Austin Bozart. Uh, other than the fact that you <laughs> did not like the way that people responded to what they gave up as Austin Bozart being nothing because players are yeah, players we, we with families. About other that, than that, yeah. uh-huh. any thoughts on getting Vargas? Does he do anything he for does you? does nothing for Nothing for nothing. you. Nothing. Mike Marin from the Twins for cash. Nothing. Nothing. But
1: look, you're getting them from cash, so who cares?
0: They got Drew Smiley, who has tossed seven scoreless innings and two starts has but let 13 me, let me just make, Do you think that me, keeps let, up?
1: Let, let me make a point. If you're getting something for just cash, it's not good. You know I don't have any faith in this team right now. <laughs> I'm asking you. My position— Handing a, another team a bag of baseballs look. Or, or some cash and some double bubble is my position is not getting team, a guy
0: who's going to help you in a playoff run? My position on this team has been clear: they are not good enough this year. They should have made moves to get rid of people, as opposed to bring them on mm-hmm. to get more to bring up more young players to let them play and see if they could play. You have to know what you have with Nick Williams. Sending him back to AAA does nothing
1: for anybody. You're the uh, one. Actually, with, it do, it's not only does nothing; it it's actually counterproductive. exactly because you know what happens is Nick Williams has got to go down there, and at this point, I don't blame him if he's sulking he's like, what because I, what do I do I he do? went down, he did what he was supposed to do, he came back up. Jay Bruce got hurt. I mean, the stars aligned to put Nick Williams in there every day, and as you said, you could have put Hazley in center field and Nick Williams in left, at Harper's in right. You have your outfield for the rest of the season, and then Jay Bruce can stay coming off the bench as a hot as as a bat. You know the Matt Stairs role from two thousand and eight, and you're set. Going out and get Corey. And this is not a knock on Corey Dickerson, who apparently still hasn't made it here, which um I'm, I'm, <laughs> uh, unless he unless he was knocked out in the brawl the thing, and we missed that it's part. It's funny
0: travel issues and yeah. NBA players wearing hats after trades are two things that just get <laughs> under your skin. So much. You believe that trades should be made instantly because technology exists. That you don't have to wait the weekend. Uh-huh. you don't have to wait this time. You don't like people that have to wear the same hat. But
1: you're, by the way, you're very particular. So so I would like I would like to make a little plug for our High Hope show from yesterday. Um, if you heard the interview with Bryson Stott who was the Phillies number one pick this year, we had a discussion with him about somebody starting uh, on social media that Bryson Stott put ranch dressing on his ice cream. Yes. The guy who did that is the guy from the Reds who went charging oh, over to the dugout. Got in the brawl. So, so literally, uh, as I'm watching it on ESPN because I didn't see the game live, the guy's charging over, and and uh, our little friend Alex Says, you know, that's the guy who started the ranch dressing. <laughs> of course your son knew that. He he is so much better than you at this stuff. <laughs> it, and I'm
0: like, get did out. You, did,
1: could you believe that brawl, by the way? Can you believe the suspensions? 40 games it, in total? Can, can I ask people to do one more thing? No. Um, they, you've asked enough already today. It's 15 minutes Can you, can minutes you in. stop calling it a brawl? Nobody landed a punch. It's they, not a brawl if everybody just gets out of the dugout. The closest thing that came to a brawl was the Reds manager who, by the way, what's the deal that he's been thrown out of games eight times already? Uh, I don't know. And Clint Hurdle, who, I mean, between the two of them, they should have just said, all right, you guys go in the outfield. We're going to get ourselves a (laughs) ring. and I just enjoyed,
0: can you imagine, that Yasiel Puig was traded. He yeah. wasn't even a red anymore <laughs> at that point. Yeah, Cleveland's screwed, Can you imagine screwed, what huh? Cleveland's thinking, yeah. watching the player they just traded for in the Meanwhile, middle of the Meanwhile,
1: Trevor Bauer gets traded, and instead of heading down to Cincinnati, he gets into regular clothes into civvies the next day and goes, buys a ticket, and goes to the game, the, I... the Cleveland game, the team he'd been traded from.
0: Lucky he had the time. What is going on
1: at the <laughs> trade deadline? Yeah. Major League Baseball's trade
0: deadline was a whole lot of talk with a lot of nothing.
1: By the way, my favorite comment about the, the Reds-Pirates fight or whatever you want to call Not it a is, brawl because you don't want to call it a brawl. Is the only thing missing from it was Vontez Perfect. <laughs>
0: of course, of course. Uh, David Robertson out for the season with Tommy John surgery. You, you surprised
1: by that at all? You think he would be back, David Robinson? David Robinson, yeah, out with the Phillies. Did you think he would be back with the? No, he had been out for too long, and it really is a shame. I mean, injuries are not something you can control, you know. So no,
0: definitely not. Adam Morgan on the ten-day IL with a left flexor strain, and Dylan Cousin is DFA'd. Any thoughts on uh Dylan Cousin's no longer Dylan, here?
1: D- well, you know, he could still get you can still get signed. He has to just get through waivers now, but Dylan Cousins just never was able to deal with the strikeout problem that he had. All right.
0: Why don't we leave our baseball talk there and bring on a little soccer talk coming on now. Uh, Julie Ertz, uh, women's world cup champion. Are you there on the line?
3: I'm here. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. How, uh, how special is it to again, hear those words, women's world cup champion
3: um it doesn't get old i can tell you that what, what
0: was what was the experience like over there this wouldn't it time? be funny if she said it did yeah right <laughs> it'd be great you like hey, stop saying it it's not nothing yeah. what was it like over there though i mean we saw the the france game the tickets were going for like eleven thousand dollars did you guys know how crazy people were going outside of where you were playing or were you kind of in your own bubble in your own world there
3: um i mean you kind of create a bubble for the most part i mean you kind of have to because <laughs> it's such a crazy tournament during the time but um yeah I mean it was it was insane I think I went in going to like you know we're in Europe I was like we might not have a home crowd like we did in 2015 because Canada's a lot easier to get to um but I was actually absolutely shocked and amazed at how many fans we had um in every single game obviously the France game was um more so 50-50 um and that was crazy insane and kind of to hear that but it was really cool I mean we we felt the um, the support and kind of like the craziness that was going on over there. And we knew that was going to be a huge game.
1: Even, even though you grew up outside of Philadelphia, you have become a Philadelphian and Philadelphia seemed to have embraced you. Did you know what was going on back here in Philadelphia? I mean, I, I personally went to, uh, one of the bars that show soccer games, uh, and it was packed for every one of the women's world cup games
3: um that's awesome um well our zach's mom and his brother they were all out there as well so they went to a bunch of, of bars as well and was telling me so i had i had an insight as well because they they joined in the festivities out there too
0: so you get out there you you get through the the tournament you you win you you hoist the trophy again what's the celebration been like since what what is that like for you afterwards you've tried so hard you've gotten um, everything ready and and now it just ends
3: yeah you know it's so i mean it was such an amazing experience we got to come back we get a ticker tape parade in um in new york um and then flew to la and then we had the Aspies and so it was was just like a crazy whirlwind for sure but um it kind of doesn't take um too long for um for you kind of to want more and so i think i think someone told us that we're 26 days uh from the from that final so uh yeah, I mean, now it's kind of crazy because then you're kind of already on to the Olympics. That's only about, a, I think, less than a year away now. So uh, it's kind of crazy how it switches already.
1: What's the most fun thing that you had an opportunity to do as a result of winning the World Cup that you never thought that you would be able to do?
3: I'm Oh, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> He's good um, at that. I know. I'm trying to think, what I've never done that. Um, we were able to have dinner on a yacht, which was really cool. I've never done that. That mm. was cool.
0: That's kind of fun. Um, yeah, the, the growth I, I had talked uh, we had oh I did want to ask so we had JP Della Cameron on a few weeks ago. Do you ever listen back to the calls of your goals when you score? do you ever do you ever
3: do that? uh
0: no <laughs> I, I just i i love the the way that some of the calls were and, and how it went i just never knew whether players actually go back and and look at that you know we're a highlight society i didn't know whether that gets back to you now you're you're back and you know you guys are back to your, your teams with the the women's soccer league um you know i follow the, the team in jersey of course and they're actually talking about moving the the game with Carly Lloyd's team, the uh, the Sky Blue and and Megan Rapinoe's team up to Red Bull Stadium because they may not be able to hold it with capacity at SAC Field. There, uh, any thoughts on how the excitement from the World Cup has transferred over to the Women's League?
3: Yeah, it was tremendous. I mean, I'm in, I got dropped in Chicago, still in Chicago, and um, it was absolutely amazing. It was um, it was. I'm trying to think, uh, we had 17,000-plus um, fans there. It was an electric um, crowd. It was amazing. I mean, we had amazing attendance across the entire NWSL. So just the support and the continued support has been huge. Um, obviously, the NWSL is, is so awesome to have, to be able to you know, have young girls dream about playing professionally in their country is, is huge. And so it's been great, um, especially from coming back and the continued support.
1: You, you're also not only playing back on the Red Stars, but you're also going to be going on this tour, the victory tour, um, which is going to be here, I believe, on August 29th. What's it What's it like to, to know that you're going on this victory tour and you're playing in places like Lincoln Financial Field in front of a bunch I'm, of your home people?
3: Yeah, it's so cool to be able to come back, kind of bring the trophy back and um, celebrate all the girls just for um, all the hard work and I mean, the tournament's such a long, and it, it, we had such difficult games. Like, it was just such a really special time. And to be able to come back and really celebrate that and obviously celebrate Jill as this would be, like, her last few games. So it's just, like, a collective, obviously huge experience. And I think for me, even have the possibility to play at the link where I'm the fan and a the spectator there cheering on my husband. When I, when we found out, we were <laughs> we were ecstatic because I obviously – um, I love playing where the Philadelphia Union play. Um, it's a great area, a great stadium as well. But um, always, you know, in the back of my head, kind of dreamed about being able to be on the field and see what it was like at the link. So um, it's going to be a really special moment for my family.
1: Are you going to be able to get Zach tickets? <laughs>
3: <laughs> we'll see he takes the cut, but uh, we'll see. see. I, I think they played the Jets that night. We'll you know?
0: yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if he knows anybody. They've actually—I don't know if you know—they've sold, I think, thirty-six thousand tickets to that game already. Maybe you can practice the the end zone celebration after you score a goal like Zach does. Show him up a little oh, bit.
3: Could you imagine uh, if I score during that game? It'll be more than just a celebration. <laughs> it,
0: it, it will. Uh, it will certainly be fun, and I'm sure plenty of people will show it to him, whether he's there or not. Uh, we did want to ask you, uh, we, we always talk about the, the platforms that athletes have and how we use them. The women's soccer team in particular, um, sort of trailblazers from going back to the previous teams and the continued growth of women's sports. What's it like for you to be a role model for women and young girls and, and people who are fans at that
3: level? It's been truly an honor. And I think kind of each year you kind of learn about your, your platform and how to grow and I think the most rewarding thing is talking to young girls about, you know, wanting to play in the NWSL or wanting to take our shoes. And that's a really rewarding part of the sport. Um, and it just kind of shows you the growth of things, even just watching how many girls um, are playing soccer um, in our country has grown as well. And that's really exciting. And um, across the entire world, I mean, I've, we've just seen growth everywhere. I mean, the most amazing thing about France was just some stats that we kept seeing in each and every country. Um, Brazil, England, France. I mean, just the amount of people tuning in to watch um, and support and fans showing up is huge. The amount of sponsorships that want to be a part of it as well. It's just so amazing to be able to think that you can be a part of something that you can really help kind of change and, and leave it better than where you where you kind of started. Um, obviously, soccer has been giving me so many amazing opportunities, and I, and I hope it um, has the possibility to give um, females um all over the world
1: the same that same opportunity what's what's it like to see kids wearing uh, a US jersey with your name on the back of it does that ever get it old when you see that
3: old. no it never does i think i'm still in like shock um want to see that um you know when i first started they didn't sell jerseys with our name and number on there and now they do and even just that growth is so cool to be in a store and see it and just You know, you can choose any any player on the team to wear. And and for someone to choose mine, it's it's really um, it's really special. And that feeling never goes away. I love seeing it. I get the same feeling when I go into the stadium and see people wearing 86 jerseys. And um, yeah, it's every time I'm sitting in the stands um, or if I'm on the field and I look up in the stands and see mine. It's it's truly an honor and um, a really cool moment to have.
0: You mentioned Zach Stubber. How's he handling the fact you have bragging rights on titles now?
3: <laughs> uh, I I mean I think maybe because I'm in the lead, apparently uh, is what everyone's saying that I just don't realize it. Um, but I mean I'm sure it's more motivation as well. I mean Zach's always motivated, wanting to have um, you know to do well and have the team do well. So I bet uh, you. Do. I don't know. Maybe maybe secretly it does,
1: but <laughs> he didn't really tell me. I bet you're leading in jersey sales too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> She's gonna go check the numbers after we get
1: that's off the right. call. Although I do have to say, and we've talked about this on air, is is that it is very hard for guys to get a women's players jersey. Jeff is lobbying for you. That's to have them right. More available. And I have suggested this because because I th- I know that there are, are boys out there that w- will also be wearing those jerseys. Absolutely, absolutely. I did want to yeah, ask. That's awesome.
3: I, I think did. this was the first year they sold men they sold men's jerseys. Uh, Fanatics actually. Uh, Started selling them and and a lot of people went crazy out of excitement. So that was really cool too to see that even just people just voice that like that's really cool That support in general is awesome.
0: I don't know if you guys heard in the stadium when you were playing in the the championship game uh, One of the big issues for you has been the fight for equal pay Could you hear the fans in the stadium chanting for it? And, And what's that been like for you to have that platform and and fight for equality on that level for yourself?
3: Yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere, like obviously from celebrating and kind of hearing that and that kind of just goes on the support, um, both on and off the field that we've had, but we kind of recognize the power that we have, um, in this moment and obviously in the world, um, been asked for a lot of kind of change to grow and, um, kind of put a spotlight on the issue for women in general. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's ongoing, obviously it's a continued thing, but, um, that's kind of what we're trying to do is grow, grow, grow it and on and off the field.
1: In in addition to to being a role model in that way, uh, you also have the Earths Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about how that got started and and where that passion came from?
3: Yeah. Oh, it's been, thank you for asking. That's amazing. Um, Yeah. You know, just obviously kind of through our career, we've always wanted to try and figure out how we can give back to the communities that have given us so much. And, um, a bunch of the Eagles actually went down. I was in camp, so I couldn't go. But uh, Carson Wentz took a bunch of a bunch of the guys down to Haiti, and um, that kind of jump everything. Zach, you know, just felt was so moved by the people, and was like, we need to we need to do more in our communities as well. We have the platform. Let's let's give back. And obviously, kids are having near and dear to our hearts. So our foundation really gives, um, you know, raises money to give opportunities, sports and education opportunities to kids in our area and. So um, obviously the Bay Area uh, what's where he grew up and went to school that's where I went to school and of course Philly like Philly's opened up like given their you know opened up with wide arms to us and to give back and we have some really exciting news um, this coming week to hopefully make a huge impact in that community as well
0: well we look forward to covering it we always welcome you back or if there's any way we can help publicizing the efforts with the foundation. Also we'll keep raising efforts about what you're
1: all doing with the women's soccer team. And we expect, we expect a great celebration when you score that goal at the link on August 29th. We'll,
0: we'll be, <laughs> we'll be there watching. Uh, we really appreciate okay, the time. Uh, we appreciate the time so much and thanks so much for joining us.
3: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Have I'm a great on.
0: one. Jeff, you should send over. So I think you should record a video of your celebrations. Of my
2: celebrations? Yeah. What
1: celebrations do I have? Where I I would hurt myself if I did a celebration.
0: And send it, tweet it out to her, and say, "Here's a couple suggestions. I think that that could work great."
1: Well, I mean, Zach kind of does the thing where he dunks over the goalpost, right? He does. Okay, so she, it, when she scores, can she dunk over the the over, the, over the crossbar of the soccer yeah. of the soccer netting? Although you're not supposed to touch the ball with your hands in soccer.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know how that's going to work yeah. out.
1: I, I don't know. But it, but how, how great is it to have people? I mean, w- we this area was represented so well between Julie and Carly Lloyd, and, and what they've done, and what they're continuing to do with that platform, is amazing. And. Uh, that, I can't imagine that game, that is going to be so loud in that stadium. It's going to be like going to an Eagles game. It's going to be great. And, um, you know, let's leave the women's soccer there. We'll,
0: we'll push the break till after we, we finish our next thing because mm-hmm. we're going to run right into the players prep for games in their locker rooms. It's their sanctuary. It's their own space. And so we have the opportunity today to talk about the future of lockers and locker rooms with Travis Holman who's the CEO of Holman Inc. Travis, are you there? I'm here. Thank you so much for joining us today. When, when I saw what you do, uh, Jeff knows I go crazy over little things like that. I get excited when, like, my cell phone plugs in correctly. And
1: and by, the, and by the way, after after this is over, don't be surprised when Jason hits you up to make his basement a, <laughs> lo- a locker room. No, we can
4: do, we've done that before, believe it or not. I'm
1: not quite
0: one of your elite clients, like the 24 professional teams, the New York Museum, Modern of Art, Facebook, any of those. But you really transform how people think about storing their belongings. Can you talk about... Where the idea came from and how it's grown to be so big for you.
4: You know, it's a, lockers are you know, no one thinks about it, but it's an interesting little business. When you come, if you play pro sports or any sports, you walk in. The only thing you've got is this locker. That's it. Everything else is shared space. You join a golf course, you got a locker. You're an athletic club, you've got a locker. Um, now it's turning out that Facebook and all the big companies are doing you have no desk of your own anymore. All you have is a locker. That's the new big way they're doing. They're doing uh, these office layouts. And it's, so it's neat. So, but all the, um, you know, for the sports people, you know, it's become, since it's the only space that these, their athletes can be, and it's a way to give their athletes, you know, especially in college sports, something that's personal to them and they can't give them money. It's just become an arms race. It's, you know who's got the coolest stuff, and it's helped with to, recruiting tools.
1: It the, just made me think of something. You know, maybe maybe in our law office, maybe maybe I can get them to make it look like a locker room. I'm telling you, you need to talk to Travis yeah. after the show. I think you just gave me an idea. See, of if, Travis. see
0: if you can get that back there. But I was I was reading about it, and and I saw a quote where you said it all. It all started with Tiger Woods. Can you explain that?
4: Well, you know, the, we were a little company, and Tiger Woods. No one understood what Tiger Woods did to. Him golf into the industry. And back in the, back in the early uh, late eighties, early nineties, when I was, uh, when, you know, we were just kind of starting out, um, you know, we started and we were doing a couple of golf clubs and every other thing was metal and we've never been a metal locker manufacturer. And then Tiger Woods came in and we went from doing, I, th- in the late nineties, we were doing about four to 500 golf clubs a year. Most of them were brand new My goodness! and it was all built on Tiger Woods and what he was doing for golf. We used to, interesting kind of fact, Tiger would let his name be, he, he would take, I don't know how many, he must have, we probably did 200 name tags for Tiger Woods. And I would ask people, why are you doing a name tag for Tiger Woods? Well, Tiger said, you can use my name and make me a member, but you have to give me a membership I can sell. So he was just taking memberships everywhere. So he was a member of hundreds and hundreds of clubs. And I'm sure he had someone on the back and he'd wait and sell the club, you know, sell his membership off later on to somebody else. He was making millions of dollars that way, but we were doing lockers all over the place. And Tiger was a, I mean, Tiger changed golf. It's kind of like Jordan changed, you know, basketball. Tiger changed the entire deal. He brought, you know, built our, our entire company was built. Off of in that area in the late '90s, off Tiger Woods.
0: Well, and then you've moved into. We were out at Temple University for their media day yesterday. You you did Temple's locker room, got the Sixers, the Lakers. Can you talk about the growth of the locker room business in the sports industry?
4: So the big, the first people to ever do a sports locker from a locker company was uh, was um, Oklahoma State, and we did that job as the first. first job to ever have this like where you would basically the, the thing with lockers now you don't want to smell and everything else. So you push the air in the middle the locker room and then the air gets sucked out to the back of the locker. So all the air is running over your clothes and your sweaty, you know, shoulder pads and stuff and running out uh, outside the building. So Oklahoma state was a big thing. They were about uh, $2,500 lockers at that point in time. Since then, um, you know, we we went all the way up to Texas A&M. They were about $15,000 a locker.
0: Tell me about Texas yep. A&M's locker room. That's like the most expensive thing that's ever been built, right?
4: That That, that is, um, LSU just came out with one which wasn't ours uh, a couple weeks ago that was just incredibly cool. They actually, the architect, I got on the phone afterwards because we're, we're doing like six projects for LSU right now. I said, why didn't we do these? He goes, because we thought we had a we had a we had an airline furniture manufacturer make it. We didn't think you guys could do it. And I'm like, yes, we do that.
0: Yeah, in that but, locker room, um, they're like beds, right, where they can lay down. Yeah,
4: they were made by an air. air they were made by literally a person that makes uh, chairs for airlines, like uh, first class seating. It's it's wild what people are doing. I don't know how that's going to turn out because um, we're dealing with a couple other schools right now that want that style, and we've so we've, and they, we and this has been going on for about six months there's a lot of conversations whether the coach wants them to literally be sleeping in the locker room or not are the, are the, you know it's fascinating
1: are there are there any challenges for different types of athletes for example um when you're doing a locker for basketball players and you're dealing with guys that are seven feet tall do you have to do anything different than lockers for for other sports
4: you know every sport's unique um you know, basketball. The big thing is the shoes, and the and the main difference between college and like a pro is the shoe contracts. So, um, for example, we did we did the Mavericks. It was a neat locker room. Um, we had to fit uh, 12 pair of size 18 shoes in. <laughs> that was the restrictions. We're lined doing up. The, My goodness. Lined up, yeah, lined <laughs> up so they could get to them, and they needed all be ventilated because. When they wear the shoes, most of their sweat for basketball ends up in their shoes. There's no other – all the rest of the stuff is thrown in the laundry, so the ventilation for basketball has to be centered around the shoes. Football has got to be around the shoulder pads and helmet and some of the other padding and not as much the shoes. But basketball, yeah, it, you know, you just have different requirements. We're doing the um, – for example, right now we're doing the Texas Rangers, and it's a size 12 shoe because – and the only reason it's size 12 shoe is because um, they had one player that was a size 12 a couple of years ago. And that was the biggest size they've had in there. And I'm, I thought there'd be bigger shoes in size 12. And, and we're doing 16 pairs of shoes for them because they want to be able to have their workout equipment and their other shoes there. And It's just, it's just you know, there's different requirements for different things. We're doing the, um, you know, and then you go to something like we're doing the Oakland, uh, not the Oakland, I guess they're called the Las Vegas Raiders now.
2: Yeah, so you're and dating yourself too.
4: <laughs> yeah, don't worry, <laughs> Jeff does that too. A, that's a game day thing, so that's just meant for some. So there's no really big requirements there because those lockers will only be used, you know, Temporally. once every couple of weeks. And the in the and, the, and the everything will be laid out so they don't need all the drying capacity. So it's all done on what's the need of the team and whether they actually work out and play at the same facility or they've got different facilities for college. You know where they you know, might work out in the training center and then play in a stadium. And some people, you know,
1: Will do you, it both. You, well, you mentioned the Texas Rangers down, down the road. You also did the Dallas Mavericks. And, and we were, like, right. fascinated by it. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the, the challenges and what was done for the Mavericks?
4: Well, the Mavericks was, was the challenge for the Mavericks was just, uh, honestly, Cuban. Um, and in a good way. But Cuban decided to do that locker room and he drug his feet when he decided to do it. He hired a, a contractor that we use. We'd done the first locker room for him. We'd done this practice facility. He came in and said, you know, we've got to do these. And we said, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll make them And he knew exactly what he wanted. And it had to be done in six weeks, the entire locker room.
1: Oh, no problem. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, right. that's
4: when it becomes a, a problem. But he was great. He was on it himself, personally. And he had some staff on it. And, I mean, it was every day uh, meetings for god like about two weeks. And then all of a sudden we just had to start building, the, building it. And he did a, some really cool stuff in there. He pumps oxygen in that locker room. Cost him over a million bucks. Everything in the lockers is um, we've got facial recognition in there. So when you walk in, um, it knows who you are. And it hits a video screen that's built inside of our lockers. It tells you go see the trainer, go eat. You know, you're supposed to eat drink two milkshakes at 10,000 calories a piece or whatever it is. And here's a practice schedule and here's what you're supposed to do. And it notifies the coach when you come in the locker room. So the people know you're there and they can, if they need to talk to you, it'll tell you to go, you know, your TV screen will tell you to go, who to go talk to and meet with. Does it tell you the when you're cut? A lot of high tech stuff.
1: Does it tell you when you're cut? If you, if, <laughs> if you don't do Probably.
0: it? That would be a <laughs> terrible way to do it. But you, you talk about the technology in there. Um, you know, I, I was interested in some of the college basketball ones, and I mean, it's sort of becoming a recruiting tool with, you know, people want to have that that type of thing. But I mean, you have lockers there that have tablet docks, charging stations, things that give instant access to training schedules, game plans, and it's all branded. Can you talk about that and, and that end of the arms race? Well, the
4: you know... First of all, the, it's it's interesting. On, in the locker room, um, the the real branding is coming in. You know, Nike, whether you're Nike's, Adidas, school, or you know who does your your Under Armour, all those guys are paying for pieces in the locker room. The locker room is where the kids are sitting, so there's a lot of branding opportunities. We just did Rutgers, for example. Yay,
0: Rutgers! Um, just oh, Jason's. Excited. I'm, I'm a Rutgers grad, and Nor- and Jeff's oh, a Michigan you? grad. And so normally when we talk about sports, it's Michigan beating down on Rutgers. So anytime we well, get to talk Rutgers, Rutgers in a positive way, r- I take it.
4: Well, then did you just see
2: their locker room? I did. It looks amazing. It, believe me, it's. I it yeah. was on
0: my list to to bring up. It's definitely going to be a selling point for the team. Jeff, no jokes. A lot about the team. <laughs> you go ahead. keep talking about the <laughs> locker. Well, I'll
4: tell you what. <laughs> I'll be quiet. Rutgers had Rutgers had the worst locker room I've ever seen. Kind um, of like their football team. Yeah. Easy, Jeff. But, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jeff. <laughs> The worst locker, the second worst locker room I've ever seen, is Michigan. That's Get right, out. Jeff, and, and it is true. In Michigan has not redone their lockers. I did Michigan State, and Michigan State's deal was go to, go to uh, Ohio State and go to Michigan. We want something better. And it was easy to beat Michigan in that because they really have the worst locker room in the country right now.
0: Jeff's going to get on the and phone to after it. this The people in Michigan. Right, I'm going go go. to call, call Ward Manuel
4: after this. <laughs> it's <laughs> terrible. Tell him to give us a call because we, you know, it, but it's, it's really, it's, um, it's, it's the worst I've ever seen. It's their hooks. You go in there, their hooks they actually have they actually bought product from us. They brought locks and stuff. But their game day
2: Jeff, stuff
0: is yeah. Jeff had the Uh-oh. athletic director on there. here when I wasn't in studio a few weeks ago. So he's not joking. He's probably going to text him and be like, what's oh, up huh? with our lockers?
1: All right. I'll do it afterwards. Yeah. Uh, well, I went up
4: there. Here's what's up with their lockers. I went up there and they were doing their basketball lockers. And they have the students making them and they make them in place, meaning they bring wood into the locker room and they start cutting the wood and start trying to put it in place. And they just can't get anything that's uh, revolutionary
1: by doing that. It's, well, I, I so okay since we're really on did it. When, since we're on the Big Ten. Um, it, it, okay. Back back in the day, Hayden Fry painted the opposing locker room pink. Um, it has has any without without naming names, unless you want to. Um, has any team asked you to do something unusual for the visitors' locker room? <laughs>
4: No, not really. No. They, they uh, the the visitor's locker room is usually just the most basic um, locker ever, and what we end up doing a lot for them is just literally we'll do a shelving unit with some hooks.
0: Sounds like it looks like the I mean, Michigan home locker. They won't
4: even get them.
1: That's the yeah, Michigan <laughs> home locker. Base, so home locker is what it is. <laughs> well, then Michigan feels at home any place they go.
2: <laughs> you guys don't just do sports
0: stadiums, though. You've got SoulCycle, you've got Boot Camp, Pure Bar, Equinox. So people who are just going to the gym are, are seeing some of this technology in play, right?
4: Oh, yeah. We've got – I mean, the stuff that's really big right now is like um, this antimicrobial moving. You can't get infection from it. Um, that's becoming a big thing. There's soft touch. There's all this research now that people – kids are on their phones so much that they're not getting enough uh, – sensory touch points and so that all the new product that we're making actually the stuff at Rutgers is this it's a soft touch thing and then um you don't want the stuff to break so if the thing gets scratched the new technology is that you heat it up we can take a you can literally take a um blow dryer to it and it it heals itself it comes back and you can never tell anything ever got scratched for vandalism
0: that's amazing there's
4: so much technology with the materials out the way they do it And the key people, you know, all all the big stuff right now, we're doing all these office spaces. We're doing Googles and Facebooks of the world and Apples and everybody else. And um, they get so many people in there, they don't want to have fingerprints. So we have anti-fingerprint material out there now. And it goes in locking mechanisms. Everything's got charging stations. The Rangers have, on their new locker, have four different charging stations in their locker. So that they can put their phones down. These aren't types you plug in. These are types you lay stuff on top of and everything else. And they got video games. We're doing stuff. We're doing one locker right now that um, I can't tell you the school. But you will sit back in it kind of like what they did at LSU. And we've been working with JBL. And it'll pump music or you'll have a TV screen or whatever you're watching. And it comes into the locker where you're sitting back into it and you can listen to everything, and the music doesn't go out because it's all sound-absorbing inside.
2: My goodness.
4: But the coaches can still talk to you, and, and you can still hear anybody talking from outside. They just can't hear the wow. sound coming from your speakers. So is, that, all the, is, is
1: that the next? Sounds ne- like kind of like George Costanzo when he built the thing under his desk in Seinfeld.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is that what comes
0: next with the industry, though? It's advances like that, or is it... The redesigning of the actual player space, like they did at LSU, where does this industry go next?
4: I don't know. I mean, the the you know the lockers are an important part. It's again, you know, when if you're a if you're a if you're a player, you're, you go to you know you're at Rutgers, you've got that beautiful space that they've got, for example, but the only spot you have is that locker. You don't have anything else. So the arms race for the locker and for a spot for kids is going to be there for quite a long time unless they start paying athletes. Now the NFL locker rooms aren't nearly as nice. And you'll talk to those guys and they're like, Hey, we pay the guys, you know, $4 million a year. Screw it. We're not going to put the money into a really, really, I mean, they're nice, but they're not anything like college because they, they don't need them. They, you know, Hey, you
2: want
4: want the best locker room in in the NFL, or do you want to get paid an extra half a million a year? Well, I'll take the half a million, (laughs) you know, college is totally different. College, That's the spot. So they're spending an enormous... I mean, an enormous amount of money in those locker
0: rooms. And they can use booster I mean, money billion. on that. So, I mean, there's there's plenty yeah. of other options to, Not at to to do that. Would you stop it? <laughs> <laughs> tell you what,
4: Rutgers, ha- Rutgers has a hell of a locker room. That's right, Jeff. You would be very impressed if you went at Rutgers Locker. We were Jeff, very we're proud g- of that. Jeff, I we're going
1: to get you all out right, there. We're, we're going to go do a show from Rutgers Locker. Room. That's right, and then yeah, we'll call Travis show back. Mm-hmm.
4: Go and then go do a show from uh, Michigan and, and tell me what you think. That's
0: all right. Right. All right. That's going to be the last word on this segment, (laughs) Travis. And
4: and Michigan has a little bit more money than Rutgers. That's right, they do, Jeff. They
0: should be spending it. Travis, (laughs) thanks so much for giving us a few minutes. Look forward to maybe talking to you more in the future as things keep changing and moving forward.
4: Uh, Have fun in Philly. Talk to you guys later. Thank Thank you you so much.
0: You have a great one. Jeff, you're definitely calling the people at Michigan like right after we get off the air, aren't you? And being like, "What's up with our lockers?" You had to hear it from a Rutgers grad. Yeah, maybe that's
1: what's been keeping them from the national championship. See, I didn't say that. Well, by the way, what's Rutgers' excuse going to be now? Not our lockers. Now that they now that they have the nice locker room. Now yeah. what? Not our lockers. Maybe that we play at Michigan this year as <laughs> opposed to at Rutgers. It, it, may I remind you that when they played at home, they lost seventy-seven to nothing. They did. They so, did. So I, got I, don't, a, I don't think I don't think the I,
0: location is a problem. I for I don't Rutgers. need the reminder. Yeah. I got the score alerts every time <laughs> there was a score. I I'm, don't.
1: Th- I don't. But those score alerts. Which came faster, the the ESPN score alerts or or the the Jeff? text alerts both they came pretty <laughs> fast
0: since it's already 47 yeah. we, we've got a little time we'll do a read and thank our sponsors a fatty brand who yeah. uh works in the breakdancing arena we're going to talk more about that coming forward uh-huh. and obviously you can catch us here on the heart of sports every friday at four o'clock you can catch our high hopes phillies minor league rundown show every thursday as a leading to the red and fightings normally here at 6 p.m on 610 ESPN. espn that a good read well done. Thank you. You yeah. want to go back to talking a little sports? Sure. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. What are you thinking about talking about? You want to talk a little Eagles news? They're in camp? Sure. So they're in camp. Uh, are Well, you... don't you want to
1: talk about the Hall of Fame game a little more? No. Not okay, particularly. Good. All right. Uh, then let's it's... talk about Zach Ertz's team.
0: Yeah. The, okay. So, you know, everybody looks great in pads. Uh-huh. But everything I see coming out is that the Sean Jackson and Carson Wentz have good connection. Right. Carson Wentz is healthy. Yep. Miles Sanders looks better than people thought, although he got dinged up the other day. There's lots of weapons on offense, and I still don't know what we're doing on defense because today we signed another potential safety for some depth because I don't know if Jalen Mills is going to be healthy. We signed Jonathan Ciprian today to a one-year deal. Uh, see what
1: happens with that. You're, that's good. They're always working to shore up the defense. That's that's fine with me. Your I think the offense is going to be explosive. I mean, the, the more I think about having Jordan Howard here, the more and by the way I, I was just out in Chicago this week and and was at, at uh, Soldier Field which is a really cool if you if you ever get a chance to go out there it's something that you should tour because it's it's the stadium was a dedication to veterans and it's a, it's kind of cool and they take you into the locker room so it's it's a, it's a cool experience but um, the people out in Chicago uh, really miss Jordan Howard already now they have Tariq Cohen uh, no relation but um Jordan Howard is somebody that everybody I talked to out there is just saying you're going to love him here in Philly. So okay. the offense is, I mean, it's going to be balanced. And now you have, so you have the running game. You have depth at the running game. You have st- stellar tight ends. You have really good receivers. And now you've added the long threat. So where's the weakness on, on offense?
0: Well, I think the concern is the health of the line staying healthy because so you know, Jason
1: the, Peters and... Look at you, Mr. Ha, ha, half, uh, glass half uh, Empty. No, I actually feel very good about the
0: offense. Oh, okay. In general, I feel pretty good about the team. I have some yeah. concerns about the linebacker depth on the back Would end. you rather be the Eagles or the Cowboys right now? Could you imagine it, what the fan reaction would be here if our star running back was in, like, Mexico while the team was practicing?
2: I don't
1: get that at all. I, I Look, you want to hold out, that's fine. But... Jerry Jones says he doesn't need him to win the Super Bowl. Jerry Jones is an idiot. You don't need him, (laughs) guys.
0: You just like you will take any opportunity to drop a Jerry Jones as an idiot, won't you? Why do I say that that often? I mean, I think it a lot. You said it before, and I may
1: just make it an audio drop. (laughs) I can throw it in when we're having conversations. But but regardless, I don't understand players who don't understand social media, understand fans and how they think part of your salary, a large part of your salary is because of fans. If you want to hold out, I understand it's a business that you should be holding out, it, but I don't understand why you don't hold out and have photos of yourself working out and, and doing what you need. So people feel that you, going to Cabo while the rest of your team is, is working out does not go, make any sense to I'm me. I'm going to go there for a wedding next year for I a friend, mean, but I'm not playing a game. I mean, it's, it's also fair to say that Elliot's an idiot too, but, um, for lots of reasons. So I don't really get this. Did you see the reception that Tyreek Hill got at Chiefs camp? Uh, do you want me to throw up on air?
0: Um, I don't know. I, I mean, look, I've said this before. I'm glad he's not um, on the Eagles. I don't want to have to. I mean, I look, you want players
1: with talent, but I don't want to have to root for that. Here's what, here's what. At a minimum, can the NFL just say, look, we're not going to sell jerseys of guys that that have had these kinds of you problems. You know my opinions. The NFL yeah. shouldn't handle discipline in cases like that. No, separate... but I, I look, I'm not talking about discipline. I'm talking about jersey sales. I'm talking about don't make money off of it and don't make it easy for for parents to buy their kids jerseys of players that do the kind of things that he's been accused of doing. Can we talk about another seemingly bad idea
0: from the NFL? You don't want me to vent anymore? Yo, you All may right. be able to vent on this. I'm right. not going to go to the 18-game schedule yet. Yeah. I, I will go there. We didn't I get to I think that that's yet. gone away for but now. Did you see the, the NFL put their full-time officiating program on hold while they're doing <laughs> the labor negotiations? So unless Why? things change, How much money are they the NFL is going to revert to the attempt of using a full roster
1: whose employment status is part-time. Why?
0: Didn't that work poorly before?
1: Yeah. Uh, let's let's open ourselves to more criticism that the refs aren't properly chained because they have other jobs. Tell me what the... So now don't say I don't know. I want to know what you know about what is the upside to doing this. Why is the NFL doing it? Oh, I think it's just a bargaining position for them. For who? Who's, for who are they bargaining with? They're.
0: I. I think it's a terrible bargaining no, position, but, but I who, think they're trying to take it
1: to who? What's who are they bargaining the, with? To the players, and the how does that? How do the players care one whit? About how much the refs are getting strike paid? Strike a deal, will we'll blow the game more.
0: <laughs> I don't Seriously, I, I mean, look, I, it's hard enough for full-time refs to call a game with
1: the action that there is. Now they got to uh, review. Let me let me explain calls. negotiations to you. Okay, here's here's our law minute. Okay? okay, you don't have your law and my order legal, clip. But, my legal minute, but. but the the fact is is when you are negotiating, you're supposed to have negotiate with an end game. Okay, you have a goal of what you want to accomplish and what things are bargaining chips that you're willing to give away. And making the refs part time is not is not something that any of the players care about. Yeah, I don't okay. Think- they they're not going to give up one penny or one percentage point on revenue because the refs are part time. Because on top of everything else. That means the refs potentially make more money because they can go back to their other jobs. I just don't understand how in this age of increased gambling with questions about
0: the integrity of the game. Maybe
1: they'll all work at casinos. You're going to go
0: to part time officials Uh who have to get different jobs. Right? Maybe working for Five
1: Finger Freddy or somebody like that. Is that not
0: a recipe for disaster or what? I mean, seriously, you are a, they are embracing this to the point where you're going to be able to do in-game betting on players, on different things that happen, and at the same time, you're saying that you're going to go to less committed people here, who have to here, work a second job to be able the, to get there and do their first job.
1: Here's the moral of this story, okay? This goes to prove that the NFL prints money despite Stupid people. They want more of it because they've talked 18 games. You have again. a bunch of millionaires and billionaires who, despite their best efforts to screw it up, continue to make more and more money. They try. Yeah, they, they really do. They try to mess it up. Uh huh.
0: You want to go to a little extra time? We got like three minutes left on go the show. Go for it. All right. You you heard Julie Ertz talk about how she enjoys playing down at Talon Energy Stadium. The Union are be back at home on Sunday night playing against DC United. Talk to me about what's going on with the team, where they stand, and what we got to go that happened this weekend.
1: Well, they lost 4 nothing to Montreal. Was it, it, it was a tough game. It was a rough game to watch from, it start, really was. from start to finish. Curtin yeah. came, and Curtin I don't un, came I don't, out
0: afterwards saying that wasn't them, and it's um, they've struggled. Well, they have struggled <laughs> since Jamiro Montero went down
1: 4 games ago. I don't buy that. You think what you think he's the glue that's keeping the team together? They've
0: been outscored 10-4 with 2-4 losses since yeah, but, he went Yeah, but down. they've
1: got they've gotten two players, one who was supposed to be good who's finally back and healthy and they got another player. So I don't see Montero as being the real problem. Uh, I don't know what the problem is. A lot of it seems to be on defense, but They've had the a lot of offense. Didn't exactly score goals, and you, and you kind of wonder that they were in such a groove playing together. This group of guys, you just wonder that even though they got two players back who could be the best players on their team, that. It, that chemistry matters it's stars versus team right and so, how do those stars fit in the
0: team with the ho- chemistry
1: we have what a month and a half left before the playoffs it's clear they're going to be in they're, the playoffs they're
0: still in first place right they're, they have 39 points atlanta and dc united are behind them at 36 points so clearly they need another win this weekend to to stay in front of things
1: well they also need it to just because they need a win. I mean, now they got to get on a roll going into the last month and a half of the season, so that they're ready for the playoffs. I mean, this this is a team. If if I were had to predict it, uh, finals right now, it would be L.A. versus Philadelphia. And are you okay with that? What do you mean? Am I okay with it? Is that a final? By the yet? way, I'm not sure which L.A. team because they're both good. They're really good. But but I. Personally, so you still think I want to see Zlatan play in person. Y- you still think the Union are going to come out of the East? Yeah, I do. I-, I think that they have that much talent, and they have the goalie to do it as long as they he need, stays healthy. I think
0: they need to stay out of Atlanta. I think I think they need to have as many
1: home games at Talent Energy. Can we go— if they, have, if they have to play in Atlanta because, uh, you know, they have free uh, do you have re- any, refills. Do you have any miles? <laughs>
0: Depending on what day they play, we could get Chick-fil-A, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, if it's on a Sunday, you can't. Yeah, but, but if they the play free free fi- Saturday Free game. refill, Coke refills is like all day. So, you
0: know, the plane ticket might cost a little, but I guess. Yeah, free refills? Yeah, but think refills? about it. Yeah, exactly. Is that how it works? Uh-huh. And a great game. It is a great game. Right. Hey, by the way, last minute, uh, before we, we sign off, got like a minute and a half. Did you see the guy who went to the Colorado game and threw the ball in the uh, the like fan pitch area? Do you
1: believe it though? Yeah, uh,
0: apparently uh, they had seen him at a previous one and
1: saw him. Where throw. was he before this? Just for people that are listening, I mean, we're talking, but but the guy threw a ninety-six mile per hour pitch in in that little area that you can all go and throw a baseball most people throw it like fifty or sixty or seventy, and and it hurts when you do it. Yeah, you, you throw out your shoulder. Out. Yeah, I've done it several times. So so, <laughs> what'd you <say? laughs> throwing you out did my that, shoulder you did that this afternoon? <laughs> yeah, that too. No, yesterday I did that. Um, where was he beforehand? I don't
0: know what he played before. They was okay. in Colorado, and they signed him to a minor league because because I
1: find it hard to believe that he wasn't pitching before. He he has. There's no way that they're signing the guy to actually play if he has no developmental skills. We you know, we've talked to Jeff Singer who's in the Phillies organization. He went to tryouts and made and made a team and that's an incredible story. I don't know if I, I, wonder I believe what this. Jeff story. Singer thinks about a
0: guy who went to tryouts thinks about a guy who went to like a speed pitch in the concourse at a game. Well so who signed him? Uh the A's. The A's Oakland signed well, him. Well to, to a, be
1: fair, they do like to buy low so is that is that how it is that's how they're gonna be getting it. maybe. You should go try out for a team. (laughs) That's going to be your last profound thought for your week. Thanks for joining (laughs) us this
0: week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one. Bye-bye.